Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hello, sunshines, and welcome to episode 26. I am so excited to be bringing you today's episode because it is a interview with none other than the beautiful Shelly Rose, who honestly is just the most amazing, positive and inspiring human being. I absolutely admire so much of what she does and so many of her values. So I was really excited to bring her on today because I really wanted to talk to her about all things health and mindset and balance because from the outside looking in on Shelly, she is just an incredible new mum to her beautiful boy Beau and she seems like an incredible wife to her partner Jack. She's always working on her own health and fitness goals. She has just launched her own mindset coaching business And she just seems like she has everything together, but at the same time is always so open and transparent about the reality and her authenticity really shines through and she's not afraid to share the low moments. She's not afraid to be honest about the challenging moments. And I just really wanted someone on here who is really inspiring, but is also so authentic and so real and honest about how hard it can be to balance life and balance your relationships and being a new mom and having your health goals and business and career goals and all of the things that we all know um, how hard it is to juggle everything at one time. So Today, I chatted to Shelly about all things new mum life, um, her health struggles. She does have Crohn's disease, so it is just such an inspiring episode. So without further ado, I want to dive straight in, and I hope you guys really, really love this one. I'm really looking forward to bringing it to you, so hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Shelly, welcome to the show. Hello, Jessie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dive straight in today um, as we were kind of speaking about previously before this, just all of that mum life balance, all that kind of stuff. But before we do, can you give us a little bit of a rundown and just tell us a little bit about you and what's kind of led you to where you are now and uh, becoming like a health and mindset coach? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, so as you know, I am a new mum. I have actually worked in real estate for like the last 10 years. So I just kind of started my health and mindset coaching um, only in the last eight months. Now, it all started for me um, probably because when when I became pregnant, you become like a hormonal crazy girl. And, um, And if there's like any cracks that are there when you become pregnant, those cracks really appear. So um, I kind of was like at a stage where I was feeling quite stuck. I was feeling quite lost. I didn't really know, like I knew that I wasn't feeling fulfilled and I, but I didn't know like what I wanted. And obviously health, um, like health and fitness is a big, big aspect of my life. But when I thought of health and fitness, I wasn't like, I didn't want to be a personal trainer. I didn't want to be a nutrition coach. It was something that I'm, you know, something that I enjoy, but it wasn't something that, was who I was and so I kind of started just digging a little bit deeper and you know and 
started thinking about all the things that got me to where I am and um, mindset is one of the things that I believe has saved me on so many <laughs> different occasions and it and it's something that um, I am really passionate about like I love learning about the brain I love learning about the programming of the brain and obviously I love the fact that health kind of integrates with that so that's kind of where I started the health and mindset coaching and I went and did my certification and here I am. (laughs) That's such a cool journey and I've definitely noticed this pattern in kind of like the health, wellness and mindset coaching space where it's like there's this idea that people that are in the space have just been in it forever but what you find is people just always end up with these really random career changes where they've gone in they've been in something like real estate and then all of a sudden you're in like a health and mindset coaching space and it's just sometimes is completely random but that's what makes it so much more intuitive it's not just doing what you've always done it's actually really listening and being willing to take a huge jump and take that risk yeah yeah definitely and like to be honest when you think about it and think well when I think about it personally um I've kind of been coaching my whole life (laughs) um it's it's just that I kind of needed that I needed that tap on the door so to speak to say hey like this is your calling this is what's like this is what lights your soul on fire this is what um makes you feel purpose and passion and all the rest of it and so yeah super exciting Yeah. And speaking of that, I actually really love how you used kind of like the sort of analogy about when you're pregnant, if there's any cracks, the cracks kind of come open and that's where you see it. Cause I've never kind of heard that before, but I really resonate with that too. I've seen that with a lot of my friends and stuff. So let's, let's step into the, the mum role for a second. I would love to know what is, what do you think has been like the hardest part, but also the most rewarding part about being a mum? Oh, good question. So let's go with rewarding. Yep. So, <laughs> and I'll try not to be as vague and say everything because everything's rewarding. Um, but to be honest, it's a feeling that you really just can't, can't describe. Like when, you, when you're pregnant, so many people tell you like you wait, you wait, you wait. And even before you fall pregnant, you, have, you, know, you get told, wait until you have kids, wait until you have kids, the love's like no other. And now I'm that person. Like literally every single time I wake, like every time I look at this beautiful creature, I just think, wow, like how on earth did I create something so perfect? Um, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but but I think as well just the fact, like the most rewarding thing is that, like let's take mindset. Obviously that gives you purpose and that gives you fulfilment. When you have a baby, like, he is so dependent on like myself and Jack and we get to we get to show him the way and we get to you know like keep him safe and we get to protect him and we get to do all the things like for me personally you know my upbringing wasn't as glamorous as what I would have liked it to be I guess glamorous might not be a word because it could be very glamorous to others um but it 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 had its challenges and now I get to ensure that I can you know like I've created this life and I get to mentor my son through life and through this journey and keep him safe and protected and you know kind of almost like I almost get to reparent myself as well as parenting him if that makes any sense yeah it makes a lot of sense and I love the word that you say like reparent which is really cool what do you think 
like, how do you think you've had to realign your expectations um, and even like your goals around being a mom? Because I can imagine pre-pregnancy and even during pregnancy, having like the visualization in your mind of, oh, I'll do this and everything will be like this and this will be my goals versus actually having Bo being born and then being like, okay, wow, that's not like what I thought it would be in my head. Is there anything like that where your expectations were really, really different or the goals that you had, you've had to kind of realign those? Definitely. So one thing that they don't talk about um, when when you're pregnant or when you're having a baby or pre, pre-baby is um, like, and one thing that I've really struggled with, which I've been open on my social media about as well, but is the identity shift. So... It's a really hard thing to explain, but when you have a when you have a baby and you become a mom, like they have that saying where it's like when the when the baby's born, the mother's born as well. And you almost like I'm still I'm seven months in, and I'll be completely blatantly open and honest and say that I'm still grieving and mourning my old self. And that's not because like I, that's I don't like I love this new life and I love this new me. But I almost mourn the free will and I mourn the freedom and I'm like independence and all these things that you kind of take for granted when you don't have something that is so dependent on you. Um, So like I think that's a huge, that's something that I wish people had spoken to me about. And they say like, so there's this term called matrix sense, which is essentially like adolescence for a mother. So as a female, you go through adolescence and then when you have a baby, you go through this thing called like matricence and it's essentially, yeah, just like an adolescent. So you, you become a, a new person um, and you grieve the old person. Like I was chatting to my girlfriend just the other day and I was like, you know, like I just, there's so many things that you don't think about and it's not that you, like it's, it's really bittersweet because you love your new life and you love your new baby and you love all the rest of it. But you're also kind of shifting through this new reality of like, who am I? What do I stand for? You know, whereas I was like a business, like a corporate person and I was very career orientated and I was very, you know, I would get up at 5.30 and I would go do my sunrise and I'd go to the gym and I'd do this and I'd do that. And and you can't do that anymore. So you're kind of navigating your way through trying to be a working mum, trying to be a, a wife, trying to be a friend, trying to be a mum. Like you, you kind of, you almost feel like you, you've got all your fingers in all different pies and you have no idea who you are. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of really like that's been a huge shift. Um, but then in terms of like goals and stuff like that, it's hard because you kind of you live in this sense where you you can do anything but you can't do everything and and I am very much an overachiever I very like and this is stuff that I need to work on but but I was kind of always the person who's like no like with my like with my autoimmune I would always say to myself like you know I'm not going to let this beat me so I think that there's still that aspect of me that fights and taps on the door and is like, Shelly's still achieve your goals. Don't like, you know what I mean? Like that aspect of me makes me feel like I'm still the old me. So 
I've had to prioritize my goals. I've had to kind of, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say limit my goals, not at all, because I think that you can still achieve everything that you want to achieve. I think you just need to prioritize, you need to be realistic and you also need to give yourself grace. (laughs) Yeah, I love all of that. And it's, I love that you just go, you, you talk about those things where you're like, hey, I wish people had have spoken about this more and that whole identity thing. And it's something that, um, I've kind of like seen people shift through and stuff. And I know I had this realization, um, you know, my partner and I talking about the future and babies and all that kind of stuff. And I remember um, I was going, I was getting in the car to just get, go get something stupid from Coles. Like, I think I was like, I really just want an ice cream. And I was like, I'm just going to go buy an ice cream. And I was like, can you imagine having a baby? What no one would talk like talks about. You can't just like, get in the car and go get an ice cream it's like you've got to do the whole yeah. shebang and everything like that and it's like something so simple as just getting in the car and zipping down five minutes of the road that's not like a five minute trip anymore just those sort of little things and I completely agree with what you said about the whole identity thing and mourning your old self and not in a way that um you don't love your new role or your baby and stuff like that but it is like you have a new identity now, you have new sense of responsibility and stuff, and you don't get to have some of those little um, selfish moments. And I mean selfish in a good sense, but you don't get to have, yeah, those selfish moments. But you did touch on your autoimmune disease. So I would love if you would be willing to kind of like dive into that and share and I guess explain a little bit about what it's like even living with an autoimmune disease and how it's impacted you not only physically but I guess emotionally and um, yeah influence your life and you as a person. Yeah of course so um, so my autoimmune disease the the significant one is Crohn's disease so um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 21 so that's almost six years ago um and it kind of came about initially it was endometriosis and then from that I got enteropathic arthritis and enteropathic arthritis is usually um kind of that usually occurs when there's inflammation of the gut so obviously with Crohn's disease that's inflammatory bowel disease now um I'm not going to deny that it has not been a roller coaster and it hasn't been difficult but I will hand on heart say that it was probably the best thing that ever happened to And I say that because the lessons that come from dealing with adversity are priceless. And I think that, you know, like as a 21-year-old who thinks that they're almost, you know, like bulletproof, you you get this huge reality check, right? And... Thankfully, I was already kind of on my way into like quite a healthy lifestyle. So there wasn't huge changes for me that I needed to, like I didn't need to make too big of an, um, you know, too big of changes in my life in order to kind of deal with the Crohn's disease. But it still is one of those things that, yeah, it's like this huge like, whoa, okay, wow. And I think back, like if I put myself in my 21-year-old shoes, I think the hardest thing was the fact that there is no cure. And this is something that I deal with for the rest of my life. Now, you know, you get put on all the drugs and you get told, you know, worst case scenario of everything. And it it is really just one massive shitstorm. But 
what comes from it is so much more. And like, and, and I say that with so much, I guess, like, like I genuinely believe that that's what needed to happen to me in order for me to, to become who I am today. Yeah. And yeah, like, you know, you don't sweat the small stuff. And as a 21 year old, you tell someone like, you know, I don't mean to write any 21 year old off because I know we're all mature and all the rest of it, but like, yeah, it's really hard to explain, but your 21 year old self just thinks that life's one big party and nothing's going to happen. And you stress about what, you know, not having the newest pair of shoes or whatever it might be. But then you get diagnosed with an autoimmune and it's like, okay, maybe there's more to life. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So now obviously I've had that for the last seven, six years. Um, it has been one, one massive roller coaster. I initially turned a blind eye to it because I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, now, one of the drugs that they put you on when you are diagnosed is a drug called prednisone. And being a female who's into the gym and into caring for herself, being put on a drug, um, the drug prednisone, which is a steroid, that causes you to gain weight and it causes you to, you know, like hold lots of water and all the rest of it. So I think like initially when I went, when I got diagnosed, it was really difficult to deal with like those things. I was also put on a drug that... Um, like they had to function, but sorry, they had to monitor the function of my liver weekly because it was like so strong. So I think like those aspects of it were really difficult. And I really, like, I was just like, you know, what? I'm just going to do this holistically. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Turns out I could not do it. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, there was a part of me that had to surrender. Um, but as of the last two years and having Bo, so falling pregnant, um, that kind of like apparently carrying half of my husband's genetics for nine months healed my um, inflammatory bowel disease. So I obviously am not cured, but I am now living life completely endoscopically and completely in remission. And Holy crap. That's huge. Yeah. So it's been like, it's been a long journey, but it, and when I was, in the heat of it, it was really difficult. When I had my, you know, severe states of flare, it was quite difficult. But now I'm kind of like, now I'm at the other end. I'm like, yeah, like, that's okay. Like, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's so intense. I have so much respect for, you know, how much you've overcome adversity with that because even um, my partner and I actually went to Thailand at the end of last year and he came back with long story short, won't even go into it, but all these symptoms and stuff. And after seeing all of these specialists, they found that he'd been bitten by a mosquito and had got this thing called cheek and gunya fever. And the side effect of that is they said, you're basically going to have a full blown autoimmune disease short, like, but temporary. And he said, okay, well, what's temporary? And they said six to 12 months. Um, and he was like, are you kidding me? And so he had rheumatoid arthritis from this, um, like he couldn't, he couldn't go to the gym. He couldn't pick up a dumbbell. I remember there was one day where he asked me to get his phone out of his pocket because he, his hands couldn't like clench it like that. It was just so awful. And I remember that six months feeling like a lifetime yeah. and for someone who has something where like yourself having an autoimmune disease, but it's like, okay, 
this is literally for, for life. I think that's so in, insane and exactly what you said. So many people feel so invincible and it'll never happen to me. And the crazy thing is we always say it'll never happen to me, but it's happening to hundreds of thousands of people, you know, all over the world all the time. So like we're not invincible. Yeah. So what would you say if we were to kind of like generalize that to just any autoimmune disease or chronic illness, what would kind of be your advice to someone in terms of, I guess, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or finding the positives or overcoming the adversity with living with a chronic illness or or, or autoimmune disease? Look, I think like if I was to speak to somebody who was suffering with a chronic illness, like I would, firstly, I would just hug them. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But secondly, like there is not much more that can give you the resilience than constantly fighting a battle that you don't like that you really that where there's no end goal obviously the end goal is to get into remission but if I think about the last six years of you know the last six years of dealing with Crohn's and and being a little bit ignorant to some of the things that like you know with not kind of going on the drugs and trying to heal things holistically and all the rest of it like I'm so proud of who I am now and I'm so proud of the strength and the resilience you know that I've almost I wouldn't say like that's grown in that I've grown into but it's like you are stronger and braver and more resilient than you think you are and if you believe and genuinely genuinely put your mind to healing yourself you can now I'm not saying healing yourself so that you're cured because that doesn't exist but there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can either, you know, you can let it beat you and you can become the victim or you can it, you can beat it and learn from it and grow from it and become the victor. Yeah, that's huge. And, yeah, I love that, especially saying about how there's nothing that's given you as much resilience as something like that too. Mm, yeah, definitely. And it's like it's one of those things where, you know, even with my husband, I um, – Sorry, I had a girl contact me through social media a couple of months ago and she was just starting to see a guy and she said, you know, I'm really, like, I'm really scared. I feel like this is going to be too much for him, you know, like my life's chaos in in comparison to his. And And I asked Jack and I said, you know, has me having Crohn's made you think any less of me? And he was like, no. Like, he goes, I look at you and I think you're the strongest person alive. Like, you know, I have so much respect for everything that you do and everything that you push through every single day that no one knows about because it's an invisible illness. And, like, you know, people look at, like, I don't say this in a vain way, but people look at me and go, oh, my God, you look so healthy. Like, you don't look sick. Meanwhile, my, like, (laughs) immune system's completely attacking itself. I think that a lot of people should actually kind of look within and think, yeah, this sucks, but this happened to me because because of X, Y, Z or, you know, whatever it might be. For, for me, I look at Crohn's and I think it happened to me because I was always one of the, you know, I was always cleaning up the mess for other people. I was always doing everything else. And my body was like, stop, you're important. You, like, yeah. you, you need to deal with it. You need to look after yourself. And it was a huge wake-up call and it was like, whoa, I can't. like I can't be there for everybody I can't clean up everyone's mess I can't look after everyone because 
I'm internalizing all this emotion. I'm internalizing all this trauma, everything that, you know, for 21 years I'd internalized and suppressed so much shit. And my body gave up on itself and was like, hang on a minute, you're important. You need to look after you. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and yeah, like it, that's what I say. It's, it, it was one of the, it's been one of the hardest, but the best things that ever happened to me. Yeah, kind of like all of that. As as difficult as it is, it forced you to stop and I guess create a break in the pattern of always putting others before yourself and now you've kind of been forced to show up for yourself. Yeah, 100%. So in terms of like let's move down the topic of showing up for yourself because I think anyone listening right now would obviously, one, know that you're very into your health of fitness or well-being, general well-being and stuff, and you've also got that identity of being the ambitious sort of person, the career or the business or whatever it may be, Um, and you seem like someone who is quite a, I guess, a goal-driven person. So what would be some of your tips for still being able to grow or develop yourself and achieve your own goals and things like that when you have other people that you do need to consider or be somewhat responsible for. So in your situation, um, you know, your marriage with Jack or being a mum to Bo. Yeah, I think um, being transparent, you know, like obviously now I do have a family to consider. So it's not just about me. Um, but I think it's being transparent with, with Jack and him knowing kind of, you know, knowing my why, knowing what's important to, to not only myself but to us as a family. I think that's, you know, that certainly helps. Um, I'm very, very lucky that I have a very supportive partner. So mm. um, so that makes it a hell of a lot more easy. But I think understanding your why is a big one because, the whole reason that we have goals and the whole reason that we, you know, aspire to, to do things and, and become better is because we ideally want, you know, we want to fulfil our why. Um, so I think being very transparent about that and and knowing that Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, like, being a very goal-driven person and being very ambitious and now trying to be a goal-driven person and ambitious and be a mum and a wife. I'm like, there are days where I have to go, okay, I've, you know, I've done my three top on my to-do and that's fine. I don't need to complete the to-do list for today. Um, But I think, yeah, it all comes down to kind of understanding your why and doing things every day that don't have to be huge things but just small things that get you closer to that. And yeah, and just know that Rome wasn't built in a day and things take time. I love that. Lots of kindness um, and patience, clear communication, boundary setting um, and understanding your why. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what are some of your favourite, um, like what would be your non- non-negotiable self-care rituals? Like what are the things that you know that in order for you to have a, I guess, healthy sense of either mental, emotional or physical wellness, what's your non-negotiable have-to-dos? Walking. So I do a walk every single morning. Um, Now, like a walk along the ocean is my absolute non-negotiable. It doesn't matter how bad of a mood I'm in. It doesn't matter what's happened. If I go for a walk along the beach, it is just like that's just 
my my time for for me and my soul um yeah also gratitude journaling so i'm a huge advocate for gratitude journaling i think that it is really really difficult to come from a negative place if you come from a grateful place exercise so like any type of i mean walking like walking is kind of like my soul thing but then also i love going to the gym and like smashing out a, a big sweat session i find that's you know super beneficial just to like release anything um and also reading i love reading like you know brene brown and all these books that kind of make you um make you look within as well so i love brene brown oh she's amazing <laughs> literally her ted talk is like my favorite of all time yeah <laughs> honestly she's like just I could like kiss her if I ever met her. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So if anyone's listening, go watch some Brene Brown TED Talks or read some of her books because she's amazing. Definitely. Awesome. So what would you say for someone who, because I look at you and I'm like, you know, she's got these non-negotiables and, and mind you, I get the reality of it that sometimes all of that shit goes straight out the window. But um, for the most part, I look at you and I'm like, oh, like you look like someone who really tries to show up in her marriage. You really try to show up as a mom, smashing your health goals where you can, you know, working your life around an autoimmune disease, like just all of the things. What would your advice be for someone who is kind of stuck in that bubble where they're feeling overwhelmed? I don't have enough time. Everything's just too much for me. Like, and they're just feeling like they can't break, break out of that cycle or they think that, yeah, there's just no time and there's not, they can't break out of that. I guess that little stuck, like what would be your tips to kind of break free from that and find, I guess, more ease and flow in life? Look, this is going to sound pretty nasty. Well, no, I shouldn't say nasty, but I think that people need to understand that everyone has a choice. And, like, we all have the same hours in the day. And trust me when I say it looks like I've got it figured out, but I have no idea. (laughs) Absolutely no idea. So I think, firstly, um, understanding that most of us, don't have it figured out we just are winging it um but but no like the realistically is we all have a choice and how like i said before you can either become the victim or you can become the victor so you need to understand what it is that you want from life and i think and i do genuinely believe that you can achieve anything you want if you put your mind to it and if you program your brain to know that, like, I'm so huge on visualisation and manifestation and all the rest of it. And people go, oh, my God, Julie, that's so spiritual. That doesn't happen. I'm like, trust me, it does. Like, you know, as you would have seen on my um, Instagram, my husband and I just bought an apartment. And it's so funny because on my visual, like, on my vision board, there's, like, a walk-in robe and there's, like, a a study. And I was like, I manifested this. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Um, Write my vibe. But I think that I, I genuinely genuinely believe that you are capable of anything that you want, but you need to believe it and you need to know that, that it's your choice. Everyone has a choice. And you can sit there and you can look at other people's lives and you can think, oh, my God, well, they've done this or they've done that. But that's not getting you towards, you know, that's not going to get you to where you want to go. You need to take action and you need to understand and, and know what's important to you, why it's important to you. Does it align with your values? And if so, what's stopping you from achieving that? 
then you can do everything that you want. Like it's not always going to be easy, but you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because nothing in life comes easy. (laughs) Yeah. And I love like that. I, I One thing I love about you is that you're so big on uh, not only with, yeah, everyone sees the spiritual stuff on the outside, but actually coming down to more of the sciencey stuff. I think you're similar to me in being huge on like how the brain works and the brain rewiring and stuff like that. And I love that you kind of looked at how people kind of compare because I think so many people compare to other people at their end phase or when they've already seen the success and they forget that, hey, that person had a first day walking in the gym or they had that first Instagram story that they had to do. They had their first client. They made their first $10. Like everyone had that that first. And so, you know, you've you've got to kind of – I guess pull your finger out and start somewhere if you want to get anywhere. So that's really cool. Yeah, 100%. And they say comparison is the thief of joy. And still today, like I, you know, I do it all the time Um, Mm. because I, you know, like let's go social media. I don't have a big social media following um, to to, like in comparison to others. So some days I'm like, you know, why, what do people see see me? Like I do it all the time. Um, But it's, but it's kind of, bringing the awareness back to that and saying, hey, Shelly, come on, shut up. Like, you know, (laughs) this isn't getting you closer to where you need to go. This is just holding you back and it's not worth it. Don't sweat it. I'm like in this thing right now and I like really want to take this two directions. <laughs> There's just so much I want to ask you. I really want to kind of go into all of that brain stuff, but I want to stick to one of the questions that I really originally wanted to ask you because this is something that from an outsider I love Uh, I love following you. You seem like someone who really, really values building, um, I guess, an authentic and deep connection um, with Jack. And obviously you're married now and stuff like that. But even pre-marriage, someone who's willing to kind of like own own their shit so that you can create like a, a better and a stronger relationship. So what are one or two tips that you would give to someone to build a, an actual solid foundation or a healthy connection um, within their relationship or to maintain a good marriage? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, obviously communication is a big one, but I think that can be thrown around like any, you ask any married couple that and they'll say communication. But I think also respect. And I've been, um, I have been open about this actually on my social media before. Jack and I had two very, very different upbringings. <laughs> and, yep. um, and I guess my programming and, you know, my, when, when you take it back to kind of my childhood and the way that I programmed to, to deal with, with struggle was to scream and shout and say nasty things and, and and be spiteful and vindictive and you know not be a nice person and um whereas jack is such a like he's honestly such a calm collected like everything's perfect in jack's world <laughs> and i'm just this, like ah! <laughs> um, yeah complete like yeah some days i'm like how do you like how on earth did you get down on one knee um but I think respect and I think like respecting one another is a huge one. And that's one thing that he said to me once when we had like a really big disagreement and because we, you know, every healthy relationship has disagreements and arguments, but I think it's coming back to that communication and, and the respect and yeah, the, I mean, one of our first big arguments, I remember so clearly, <laughs> uh, 
I can't even remember what it was about, but it would have like it was probably something trivial. And I did the typical Shelley, like, you know, very like nasty and threw my toys out the pram and just wanted to just wanted to hurt his feelings because I was like, you know, I didn't want to look within. And he sat me down like a like a mature adult <laughs> and was like, Shelley, if you love me, you will not say nasty things. You have more respect for me than that. And and you don't speak to someone that you love like that. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like it was like it, it was like he slapped me across the face. <laughs> <laughs> you've been told it was honestly like this huge wake up and it was like wow I actually need to act like an adult now and I had to really like it took so much for me to turn around and be like I'm really sorry but but I think like that in itself was such a big like it was like a whole relationship just pivoted because it was like wow if I continue down this route like I'm going to lose something that really like that means a lot to me and yeah I think respecting one another communicating with one another um being able to have the difficult conversations because not every like relationships are hard work and you throw a kid in the mix oh things get 10 times Mm. harder like Jack is such a such a gentle soul and in the first few weeks of having Bo he had like intolerances and stuff so he was a little bit fussy and I remember like him and I were just stuck in parenting like it was just parenting mode and there was no like Shelly and Jack had completely gone out the window it was just mum and dad and yeah there were some very difficult conversations that we had to have but we needed to do it we needed to sit down and we needed to map it out we need to needed to be open with one another about our challenges like because we're both navigating our way through parenthood um and yeah and had if we not then there would have been probably like a lot of resentment that had built because I even know like even now sometimes Jack goes to work and he goes to the gym and I'm like I just wish I could go to work and I could just shut off like one thing about being a parent is 24 7 so at all times you are on and you know Jack will go to work and he'll be like oh I have to work today and I'll be like dude I just like would love to just hop in my car and drive away (laughs) um and then my final tip is daily dance-offs every single night Jack and I have a dance-off every single night and it, it doesn't matter what mood like also, if we are grumpy, then one of us puts on a song. And sorry, you can probably hear my baby crying in the background. I can. Yeah, that's bro, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, if we're in a grumpy mood, one of us will put a song on and it doesn't matter. You have to dance for it. And then every single night when we brush our teeth, we, like, have a, have a dance off. <laughs> that's the best tip I have literally ever heard. <laughs> Honestly, if people could see what happened behind closed doors, they would like be like, what are these mm. two doing? <laughs> yeah, I love that. And it's bringing a little bit of fun and that inner child, but the the free inner child back into your relationship, which is cool. And everything you spoke about then, like what I was really, what really resonated was the way in which you explained like the programming, the different programming from different um, upbringings. And I think the beautiful thing about relationships and what people don't realize is that if you do it, I don't, the word, proper word's not right, but 
in a sense, if you do it right, then they actually create such a beautiful container for both of you to actually heal yourselves and your own trauma, but you kind of get to do it together, which is really cool. But before we do jump off, the last thing I want to ask you is where can people find you? How can they get a little bit more Shelly in their life? So you can find me. My Instagram handle is Shelly Rose. Um, That is kind of where I do most of my content posting. Um, I have also got a free Facebook group that I have just started for females that want to kind of just get shit done, it's called. Um, And it's really just like a Facebook community of um, a group of girls that just want to, you know, that want to be around like-minded people, that want a safe place to to kind of, you know, I've, I've set it up so that people feel safe to come in there and confide and we can all, you know, like back each other. And um, so, yeah, but most of my content is on is on Shelly Rose and if you have any questions, you can, of course, DM me. My um, DMs are always, always open. <laughs> I would say my door, but it <laughs> doesn't really make sense. So I'll say my DMs. Um, and, yeah, I would always be happy to chat to anyone about anything autoimmune mum life obviously I share the good and the bad um come both autoimmune come mum life come even married life (laughs) yeah um so yeah yeah awesome and that's exactly why I love following you so um you know I'm like super without sounding without sounding weird I'm really picky with who I follow I'm like really big on what kind of energy I'm absorbing so I think that speaks volumes of how much like I value like your authenticity and stuff as well so I'll pop your Instagram uh, handle in the show notes um, so people can jump over and find you but thank you so much for creating time today no thank you so much for having me and like I'm a huge fan girl as well and it's funny because I was actually like this is gonna sound so funny um, and fan girly, but I was chatting about you to one of my girlfriends. I think actually it would have been Steph, and Steph was on here. Um, better being Steph was on your podcast not so long ago. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, and I was chatting to her about like about you, and then you literally contacted me, and I, I like I messaged her, and I was like, I manifested this. <laughs> yes that's the best that is so good I've um funny story about that is like me similar thing I've got um someone on my vision board right now who's been on my vision board and she will be coming on my podcast um next month as well so I'm like this shit works it does it 100% works so there you go so I'm a massive fangirl and when you asked me I was very grateful so thank you so much for having me um and I hope that I've been of value. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's been such a pleasure having a chat. So thank you. Thank you.